One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, brother, I'm still hanging in bed. There he is! There he is! What three wrestling matches would you watch while stranded on a desert island? This is what I asked WWE and WCW legend Brian Clark when he paid a trip to Cultaholic Island for another episode of Desert Island Graps. Continuing to make a rather impressive impression is Adam Bomb. This guy means business. He has a run through opponents in almost like Goldberg-like manner, the way he has dominated matches. This man, Wrath, has been absolutely awesome. I'm going to show you tonight why it's all about chronic. Ryan Clark, how are you doing? I'm doing great, brother. How are you? I am very good. How was your SummerSlam weekend, Brian? It was great. I was in Vegas. Um, I had an appearance there. Um, I was with uh, Booker T, um, Medusa, um, Juventud, uh, Andrade. Um, so yeah, it was a real good time. Um, really got to, got to uh, reconnect with a lot of people I have not actually got to see in a long time. Uh, you know, of course you see them through media and stuff, but actual hanging out with them the whole day it was a, a fun three days. So would that have been your first, your your first yeah. bit of like social appearance uh, since the world caught fire in 2020? Um, yes, I was doing appearances. I had some in New York and the East Coast um, right prior to COVID. Um, uh, but going forward, um, I'm booked all the way until the end of the year as far as uh, upcoming appearances and stuff. Um, California, uh, East Coast, uh, Boston, a, a little bit everywhere. Uh, and then I'll probably slow down around, you know, December, Christmas time. Yeah. How exciting to be back on the road and doing stuff again now. Feels good, right? It, it does. Um, you know, I, I only, I will probably just do one per month. That That's good for me because I, you know, I don't want to be on the road. Mm. Um, but one a month is, is, is usually just, just about right you know i hear you i hear you and we're going to talk all about that as we as we go through today but also today brian while we've got you uh i want to ask you to pick three wrestling matches uh, that you could watch while stranded on a metaphorical desert island so three matches with a little bit of that mean a little bit of something to to to, to raf slash adam bomb and all in between uh so what would you like your first match to be brian um you know i thought about this uh, once we we talked last week, and I was there are so many great matches, and I know I'll be leaving out a lot. Um, I think the first one I would I would just have to say would probably be uh, uh, Bret Hart and Austin um, when Bret was uh, slowly turning heel, and Austin was starting to turn face, basically where he had him submit, uh, uh, but never tapped out. He he just passed out due to the blood loss and the, so I think that would probably be my, my first one. Yeah. So we're talking WrestleMania 13, I believe 1997 for that bad boy. That sounds about right. Yeah. Where were you when you watched it for the first time? Where would you have been? Um, You'd have been WCW, right? Correct. I had started uh, as Wrath, uh, part of the whole blood runs cold thing. Uh, and then of course, after that, I would do Wrath as a single, which went on an undefeated streak for a while there. So, yeah, I would probably say that was about – I was doing the tag uh, team at, at the time with, with uh, Chris Canyon, who was Mortis under the mask. Now, when you watched that match, did you realize how sort of significant it was to, to the wrestling landscape at the time? Uh, well, I mean, that was right 
in the middle of the, the Monday night, you know, the, the wars going on. And I was sort of in it also, you know, because I had worked both places. Um, but I knew that, um, I knew it was good for businesses, as, as they say. Um, it, it really did, um, you know, just propel that storyline. And of course, when, when Austin did fully turn, I mean, you know, you can just, you know what he did. So yeah, it was, it was a, a, a big, you know, a big turning point, I think. At that time, yeah, with, you know, what was the, the general vibe from, from, from Camp WCW? So the night, going to Nitro, the night after that match went down, was there, was there a feeling of, of something in the air there? Was there a lot of talk about that match? You know, it was so long ago. I don't mm. really have to think about how it felt in the locker room. But I think everybody in the business knew that, hey, this is, you know, this is big. Um, and, um, you know, we, I, th I think maybe at the time we were winning the, the, the Monday night ratings. Um, so it was, I'm sure it was one of those things where, okay, they're, they're going to do this. We're going to do this. It, it went back and forth for a long time, but yeah. it was good. I mean, yeah. it was exciting, sort of a little bit like it is happening now. It's not when a match like that happens and uh, it's, it's funny to look back on it, but in the moment, it's interesting to see sort of where you were and what you thought about, but let's, let's, let's wind the clock a little bit further back, Brian. Who, who, okay. gave, who gave you the wrestling bug in the first place? Can you recall? Um, I would have to say my grandmother. <laughs> nice. It's <laughs> over here. Grandmothers love wrestling. We can't. Oh, well, it's, it's amazing. They're constantly yeah. hitting people with handbags. It's incredible. Okay. Um, this was like in the, in the 70s. Okay. So, I, you know, I was probably, I don't know, seven, eight years old, maybe. Um, and I got to. I lived in, I'm from Florida. Uh, I, currently I've lived in Arizona for the last 20 years or so, but at the time growing up in Florida, they would come through my hometown, not very often, uh, maybe every few months or so, but when they did, she would get ringside seats. <laughs> and so, um, so, you know, I had, I had the view um, and I got to meet um, some legends. I mean, as a kid, I got to see Andre the Giant. Um, Buddy Colt, Dusty Rhodes, Ox Baker, uh, just Terry Funk. You know, there were so many people that were in the Florida territory that, you know, you know, as a, they rotated a lot back then, but yeah. When your nan took you to your first wrestling show, can you remember what you thought about at that time and like anybody that caught your eye? Um, this, now this is a true story. Out back where the wrestlers would park, all the kids, you know, would watch the cars pull up and stuff. And this huge white Cadillac pulls up, right? And so all the kids run to the, run to the door to, you know, look and see who it is. And, and we were like, okay, I, we, we sort of realized who, it was, who the person was, right? And the door opens. And he's got like four, I'm guessing four, three, four, had to be pepperoni pizzas on his lap, okay? We're talking Andre the Giant. Uh, of course it was Andre. <laughs> the door, I'm, I'm probably seven, eight years old. The door opens up and I just, I can, I can remember this even now. The door opened up and all the smell was pepperoni pizza. And then, of course, he steps out and stands up. And I'm, and I'm just like, oh, my God. But that's a true shoot story right there. Was he one of your grand's favorites as well, was Andre? Um, I think so, just for the fact that I, don't, I think he was a face during that time from what mm. i remember you know at the time then so you went with your with your grandmother to the wrestling but what was what was brian's plans like pre-wrestling like what 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 were you looking well, to do with yourself well um i am a military veteran and uh, my family is all veterans my my father served the marine corps in uh, the korean war um uh, both my nephews are special forces uh, like I said, I served, my, my grandfather served, um, all my uncles in, in all different branches. So I knew that I was going to, to serve a military uh, uh, term of duty. Uh, and then from there, uh, while I was in the Air Force, I got my military powerlifting team and, and built myself up and, and, and worked out. And I just luckily grew to 6'6". <laughs> so, um, but I was always really athletic. And I uh, got, like I said, I got on the Air Force powerlifting team. Uh, and then when my, my military time was up, 
um, you know, I was even in the military, I was watching wrestling. I, you know, every chance I could get, I was watching it. Um, one year I was in the military, I was stationed over in Belgium. And uh, so I didn't really get to see it that much because I was on a, a remote assignment. But once I got back to the States, it was red hot and I was still following it. But I also knew that I had, um, you know, from there I would go on, I'd walk on at Central Missouri State University and play college football and earn a, a full scholarship there. Because at, at one point, so would you have said maybe either to, to continue doing more stuff within the military or maybe a football background? If you could choose one of those two at that point, like where do you think you were sort of leaning towards? Um, oh, I was leaning definitely towards uh, football. I, I, had, I, I thought that served my, my um, country and, and, and the unit and did everything I could do military-wise. I knew I was not going to be a career military person. Uh, um, so then I just, um, like I said, I walked on at Central Missouri State, earned a full scholarship, but still wrestling was in, in the, in my mind always, even, even in college football, when I'd make a tackle, I'd get up and cut a promo on somebody. <laughs> I just, I, I just had it. I couldn't help it, man. So you've been so, bitten by the bug, like long oh, yeah. before then. Oh you? yeah. Yeah. But who was, who was somebody that you met then that, that, kind of gave you the the impetus to go actually this could be your this could be your career can you remember somebody that sort of moved you in that direction absolutely i someone told me that a wrestler retired wrestler former legend i would say uh ox baker lived about a half hour from me and i said i got a meeting let's go we'll find out a way i'm gonna i got a knock on this door whatever it takes um, and I, and that person said, a friend of mine set the meeting up. Well, I guess he thought that, um, maybe he was sending over a guy that's, you know, five foot 10, 200 pounds. And I walk in the door, I'm six, six, 300 pounds. You know, he's like, Oh my God, big man. You know, <laughs> he just went, he went crazy and he was like, Oh yeah, you're, you definitely, you know, so he put me over. Um, and I was just, you know, I didn't, I was so green. I didn't know. Um, but yeah, that was the first person that um, really got me saying, oh, oh man, this, I got somebody that can help me, you know. Because Ox Baker went on to manage you, didn't he? And that's, yeah. and, and that's got to be a real sort of feather in the cap for you, for somebody that, you know, you, you were, you were chomping at the bit to get into wrestling. And the first yeah. person you meet is like, come on in, get amongst it. And yeah. uh, can you, like those, th that first time, it's always interesting to find out when, when people, when people discover the, the thing behind wrestling, Brian, it, I always feel like it's a bit like magic in the sense that once you kind of realize sort of what goes on away from it, you're either disappointed or you go, that's amazing. I want to know how to do that and do it my own way. Yeah. And was it the same for you? Once you kind of realized that what went on behind the scenes, did it just, did it suck you in more or did you take a bit more convincing? No, I, 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 at the time, it was very hard to get in the business. Um, there were talk, we're talking around 1989, 1990, that time frame. So it was still very locked up and tight as far as getting in. Uh, and they would weed out anybody that was not ready. Um, I did figure out, though, that as much as great as Ox was to be around, um, Ox was a brawler. He was never really... Uh, like me, I wanted to do all the high flying and all the everything, you know, I wanted to learn to be, I wanted to be trained properly. And to do that, um, I had to, uh, uh, I wanted to and had, you know, had to move to Atlanta to be trained by uh, Dwayne Bruce and Jody Hamilton. So those, that's where I, you know, I, that's where I really said, okay, this is, this is what I need. This is what I got to do. And, um, and then, you know, once I, I was trained. I was able to start getting booked and, and getting my feet wet properly. So with Ox then was, how did he take that then when he said, look, you can own, you know, I need to go to the power plant to do the next level. Like how did he take that news? Oh, he, he was fine with it. He knew. And I knew, like I said, um, it, and I got an invite to the power plant, but it wasn't called a power plant back then. It was just an old, old carpet warehouse basically there, nothing like what they had later on um 
They didn't even call it the power plant. I don't know what the hell. That, I don't remember what they what they called. But uh, yeah, Ox was fine with it. He understood and he wished me the best. And you know, it was not there. No, I mean, we we stayed in touch throughout the years. So yeah, he was absolutely okay with me going and being properly trained. What's something that Ox has told you that has stayed with you? Um, save your money. <laughs> at least, at least make some investments. Um, uh, you know, just different things. I, you know, I think of him uh, from time to time. And you know, some of the funny things he—he he was such a character. Um, to see him on screen, he just was scary monster. I mean, he did uh, this movie called Escape from New York with Kurt Russell. I don't know. You probably never heard of it. Maybe you have. No, I've yeah. said it. I've said it. Yeah, that face. I mean, you know, Ox was not a worker worker. You know, he was more of just, uh, you know, not even close to being a technician. You know what I mean? Uh, but he just had, he had the look that could still captivate an audience and cut a promo that was, that was scared the hell out of hell out of most people he's he was one of a kind wasn't he ox absolutely one of a kind so it took so you went off to do stuff with jody hamilton and with Dwayne bruce and um had you been night stalker at this point or is night stalker still to come brian no no i i i chose that name while i was see that's another thing i was still in college which you can do this today it wouldn't be allowed for ncaa violations or whatever but i was wrestling i was actually on the awa which is on espn and still in college playing football which is sort of a little strange uh but yeah i came up with that name in college and i said okay i'll, I'll give this a shot why not and i just kept it for a while um i used it um i, I finally got a, a break in smoky mountain wrestling which is jim Cornette's promotion with um, with the name where what's the is there anything behind the name Behind um, Night Stalker? A little bit. There is, there was an old TV show in the 70s, it was a series, and that was the name of the show, was The Night Stalker. And um, so I got it from that. That's where I got it. That's where the name came from. I remember watching that show as a kid, and it was about this guy. He was like a vampire hunter, kind of a little bit like that, you know? And um, so that that's where it came from. Yeah. Nice. No, no, yeah, nothing, no real scary meaning other than other than that TV show is that would you say is one of your favorite tv shows of all time i would probably say as a kid yeah, of course yeah i watched that was a weekly show i didn't miss i guess yeah was there issues with 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 you going back and forth from 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 college to to, to doing the college and college football and doing wrestling was there ever any did that cause any issues with with the schooling that you had um you mean while I was in, in college? Yeah, so like you're doing AWA whilst right. you're whilst you're at collegiate football and doing college there. Did that cause any problems? No, not really. Not at the time. Mm. Um, I wasn't making a lot of money. Um, I don't even know if it was legal to do. Like I said, I, I, I doubt you would get away with it today. Um, but um, it, I just did it. I just, you know, that's what I wanted to do. Even in when the off season for college football was, you know, I was trying to train any, anywhere that I could. Uh, physically, I was still training always. I never, I've never stopped weight training, even to this day. But um, at the time, you know, I, I was trying to figure out where I needed to go to be properly trained, and I knew that, that place was Atlanta for me. Do you think if wrestling hadn't come along, what do you think you would have been doing? Probably would have pushed the football envelope, um, but I, I really loved pro wrestling. Um, like I said, I had that. I just had that something that was one of my it was my bucket list. It was one of those things that you know, um, and I'm, I'm glad I did. Yeah. So we uh, let's go back to your matches then. So we've got. Uh, Hart versus Austin, WrestleMania 13. That's the first match. Uh, what would you like your second match to be then, Brian Clark? What are we thinking? I, I was researching today, and I, I know I shouldn't be researching. And the only reason I research is just because there are just so many damn good matches. Mm. Um, I was 
I was going to say uh, Punk and Cena from 2011. So that would be mon- the Money in the Bank match they had? I think that whatever 2011 was, I think that was it, yeah. So, so by that point, where would um, where would Brian Clark have been at that point? Oh, then? yeah. Brian Clark had retired uh, as All Japan Champions in 03. So I was already out of the business, but I still, even today, I still watch it. I don't watch everything, but I still watch it. Uh, and so I thought they had a the whole storyline and everything was, was good, you know. And it was a good, it was a good end of that too. So with with uh, that with that one, a lot of, of the build-up to that is, is is CM Punk breaking the fourth wall and, and cutting those promos directly down the camera and, and yeah. talking about stuff behind the scenes. Uh, like watching that as somebody who's been through the system, did that resonate with you? Some of the stuff that oh, that, that he was yeah. saying, Brian. I think I think that's why one of the reasons I, I chose it was because that he was able to talk about things that needed to be talked about, especially WWF slash Vince, you know, that whole, all the BS that the guys had to put up with. And like me, I was working for Vince at a time when we were working 290 days a year, plus um, other commitments that whatever came up. Um, so I, I, I understood it, it, even though they, they, they had a lighter schedule than we had. Uh, and those before me had even a, a heavier schedule. Um, but they still work the guys to death. Uh, and that was always been an issue with me and, and with a lot of guys. And he was able to talk about those kind of things about the hell that we go through and then not really being appreciated for it at times. So, yeah, I, I understood what, what he was talking about. And it was it was a great contrast to being there with someone like John Cena, who is very much that company guy through and through who, yeah. who, who embodied the, the, you know, 300 days plus a year spirit of that. Uh, I don't know how much in terms of, of, of conversation or, or, or such that you've had with, with John Cena. Um, but uh, as you know, we've recently just had his comeback. What have you, what have you made of watching that? I did watch it. Um, like I said, I did SummerSlam weekend uh, and um yeah, I mean, I know that he was coming back and um, to put over um, someone. And so I understand that part of it. Um, it's sort of like passing the torch to some degree. Um, so, you know, I understand why, why he did it and was, why he was asked to do it. Um, so, yeah. Uh, obviously, on the other side of it, we see him punk massive weekend last weekend to see CM Punk return to wrestling through AEW. Did you, did you catch what went down there then Brian from Chicago? Cause that was quite a moment in wrestling. It feels like. Oh yeah. I, I finished up my, my uh, appearance that afternoon and sitting in my hotel, I had ordered some sushi and <laughs> it was the first time I can remember. I watched both shows like back to back, like one went on the other and then the other one came on. And so, yeah, I watched both of them. Yeah. Very, was it, very, very entertaining. Absolutely, yeah. What does it mean to have someone like um, a CM Punk back in the industry? For someone like yourself, who's who, who's who's been there and done that and seen so much and still uh, very much a part of the business, what does it mean to have someone like CM Punk back in the in in the circuit? I think it's a great thing. Uh, um, I think that um, you know it's always been that way with competition. It's gonna make it's gonna bring out the best, whether it be college football. Um, collegiate powerlifting, military powerlifting, training, whatever it is, competition is good. Um, you know, because we got a lot of the same old, same old once WCW was over uh, and finished. And now we've got someone who's knocking on the door. Uh, and um, I think it's a good thing. I think it's good for everybody. Uh, you were on the on the WWF side of things just as the the Monday Night War was just getting underway. I think you'd left just before it really all kicked off. And and the reason I'm really excited to chat with you, Brian, is because uh, here at Cultaholic we do a, a weekly podcast, which is uh, we've been watching every episode of Monday Night Raw from the very beginning. And oh. I've been able to watch. <laughs> you know, I've been I've been watching uh, the 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 journey of Adam Bomb. Okay. during that time and and i will say to you exactly what i say on the podcast like how how were you not like 
how was it not a case where Adam Bomb was the top guy there? And it drives me crazy to watch it because, and, and I'm not, and I'm not just saying this because you're here, Brian. And I hope it's, yeah. you know, I don't want you to think this is pandering because you're here. And I've said this when you're not here. Um, like you, you portray a, a moveset, a look, a dynas, a dynamism, a charisma. That in a time where the company was so lacking in so much, like you jumped off the page, and for the life of me, I couldn't figure out why we didn't connect the dots and go ding, ding, ding. There's your guy. And again, yeah. I'm not saying that because you're here. Brian. No, no, I, I, I've heard that a lot. Um, that that's one of the reasons I left. Um, you know, I had had uh, some promises that were not kept. Um, the money was, the schedule was unbelievably grueling. The pay was horrible. Uh, and Vince was going through a steroid trial at the time, trying to keep himself out of prison. And he's working us to death. Um, and I had a, had a huge deal. Like it's almost, it was, a, it was very similar to Randy's, uh, Randy Savage's Slim Jim. I had a, a, a big deal with an energy energy drink commercial, a Coca-Cola type beverage energy drink. And that got pulled uh, for, from underneath me and it would have been a huge money thing. Um, and so just things kept happening. I was just like, you know what? I, I can go to Atlanta and get five times the money, which I did, uh, and go work for TBS, Ted Turner, Eric Bischoff. And, and so that's why I left. Um, it was just a matter of, um, I was looking for the light at the end of the tunnel, but I couldn't see it. At the beginning of that though, when, when you're pitched the, the, the Adam bomb character, like what is, what goes through your head when you're, you're, you're told this, this rather outlandish sort of post nuclear superstar what what went through your head brian actually i liked it um and i'll tell you a story and I, i've told this before and i'll go ahead and tell you again i was pitched two different things one was adam bob of course and the second one was the ringmaster now yeah exactly the ringmaster oh. yeah in 93 if you go back and look at it and if people don't believe me they can check with the trademark commission because i'm i'm done defending it my point being is that those are the two that they, they sent. So they copyrighted a lot of stuff back then. Um, and that was one of the things that they come up with. It was, I can I even had the photos and stuff of the original stuff of what they sent me. Uh, the ringmaster was like a guy with like a whip and a, like a top hat as he was a ringmaster in a circus. And I'm just like, that is not happening. One, I'm not a ringmaster because <laughs> I wasn't. I was still learning my craft. And secondly, the atom bomb thing just popped with the colors and the whole, all the stuff. And then I added, I personally added like the, the glowing eyes to it. I added a lot of stuff myself. Um, I just knew I could work, I could do more with it. So you added the eyes. So, so did you have any other autonomy over that character? Because we hear a lot of stories now about how you, know, you, you, you hear stories in WWE, you're told, this is what you're doing, go and do it. So did you have a little creative control when it came to how Adam Bomb was put together? <clears throat> um, Tom Fleming is the guy who I'm actually, I've actually re reconnected with, and we have some new merchandise out through Tom, painting work by Tom Fleming. Tom was the one who uh, created Adam Bomb and came up with it. Um, so Vince actually, you know, Vince didn't come up with it. It was... Tom, who did it, and then Vince said, oh, yeah, I like that one, you know, sending these choices. Um, yeah. I think Tom did a great job with it. I had, um, I was able to put a lot of my ideas with it. Um, on a variable level, it even and into merchandising, which is what sort of I'm even doing today. Uh, and merchandising and stuff. So I had a, I, they didn't have merchandise for me. And I came up with all the stuff even back then. So yeah, um, I, I had some influence on it. So those who will watch the shows from then, they'll know that, you know, it was, it was a, a, a ring of tie that, that stood out. And it was those, those foam bombs that you would throw into the crowds. And that is the, and, and again, another reason why, Brian, and again, I'm not saying it because you know? you're here. 
those the bad boys. Those. I'll take 50. Um, but that... Go to my, my eBay store is loaded. <laughs> There's a link in the description of the podcast if you want to get there some Adam Bomb Bombs. Get amongst it. Um, yeah. but, but again, another reason why for me is watching. I was like, this is this seems too good to miss. You've got merch. And, and, and that's a big part of, of what it does. So, so the bombs were your idea then, to throw those foam bombs into the crowd. It's those, and then again, like I said, they didn't have any merchandise, no t-shirts, anything. So I actually went to, I came up with all my designs and ideas and stuff, then I went to a graphics person there in Atlanta, had them put together, knocked on the door, Vince, sit down, had a meeting, showed him the stuff, and he's like, oh, this is great. I'll have the merchandise in a week. And he did. Just that quick. So but he he liked without, it and he went, there you go. Absolutely. But without me taking that step of saying, this is, re- how do I not have merchandise? You know? Uh, I mean, I had an action figure and stuff, but I didn't have, uh, you know, shirts and, and all the other stuff. Yeah. It just, is that a bit of advice that, that you would give to, to people coming through that system now to, to be, to be a little bit more, to use your initiative more and pitch stuff more often? Uh, well, if, if you're creative and, and everything you're doing is tied to the character and helps get the character over, I would say yes. Um, by now, and I even know a couple of guys that went in and did the same thing after I did it, and they got shot down. So um, it's got to be, I mean, you've got to be on the cutting edge of knowing what's happening and where the merchandise is and what what really pops and what will sell um and and i you know i i have an idea i'm creative enough that i can go work out and do an hour worth of cardio when i come home I, i've got a new t-shirt design in my head i, I just do i I'm, um everything i've got not to talk about merch but i've got 19 different shirts that i have designed that are all on pwts which is, you know, the the place to go for merchandise. But yeah, I'm just creative. I everything with from Atom Bomb to Wrath to Tag Team Champions, Chronic, all that stuff. I just I, I work on it, but I enjoy it. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At Bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. For weeks, you've speculated about the identity of our mysterious ally, and you've seen exactly what he can do. Tonight, I reveal his name. I have signed the most dangerous man in the history of pro wrestling. Now stare in awe as I unleash the wrath. Well, it's one of the seven deadly sins. The man's name is Wrath. And he has 
as Vandenberg has said, been quite a commodity for this group. Yeah, but he's been a commodity in a very sneaky way. He's never been one-on-one -on -one with anybody, so let's see what he's got. I would think from what we have seen so far, and Glacier would probably be the first to tell you, the man is legal. I think when we talk creative, we, we have to, to to jump across to to your time in WCW and uh, the stuff with Wrath and Glacier and uh, and Maud. And it was just that whole story again, like Adam Bomb, it just just pops off from everything else going on during that time. Uh, can you tell a little bit of a story for us, Brian, about how all of that came together? That incredible blood runs cold story arc that was told during the monday night war sure i had i had left working with vince because i honestly I had enough <laughs> so i left there uh and i still had a little bit of time on my contract so i worked for a company called hammerlock wrestling in the uk you came over here didn't you yes I in 90, 95 96 time yes correct uh, and so when my run was finished up with Hammerlock, I, it was just the right timing to uh, to sign my new deal. So I signed a new three-year deal with, with uh, Eric Bischoff for WCW. And that's when they pitched the idea of the uh, the Blood Runs Cold. Um, and so they, they had a couple guys in mind, but I was one of the, the – I'd had the most recognition, I guess, out of the group by far, honestly. Uh, I'd already been to WWF, Smoky Mountain. These other guys were still very talented and stuff, but still just not uh, had ever experienced the next level, I guess is what I'm saying. Uh, but yeah, they, they pitched the idea. It was all off of Mortal Kombat, basically that storyline with the martial arts and the karate and stuff. And I actually spent about six months in a dojo in Atlanta, judo, kickboxing, karate. Uh, I did all that training for this. And uh, we got it up and running, and it did okay. But again, it came in at a time that the NWO started. So it really got watered down um, versus, because the NWO really superseded everything, if you think about it. But even over on Raw, SmackDown, whatever, it was just that big. And it got hot, and they added 20 people, <laughs> 20 people in the NWO. And so he, it got out of hand. Um, and and uh, after the Blood Runs Cold thing, that's when I <clears throat> had a meeting with Eric and I said, let me do Wrath the way I want to do it, which is what I did. I blended a little bit of Wrath and a little bit of Atom Bomb and it worked. And it went undefeated for, I don't know, seven, eight months. But you say as well, like um, at that time, the NWO was such a dominant, presence on all of those shows right. like we did you feel like you were you were in competition with all that was going on there to make yourself jump out um I, well again like i said i think competition is a, a good thing yeah it, it i think it made everybody work hard um and, and by that time guys were jumping back and forth again not just jumping to WCW, but WCW guys were saying, okay, I want to go work for Vince. Um, I think maybe Jericho had left and that may have been a little bit, a little bit later, earlier, I'm not sure. Uh, but a lot of guys had left uh, back and forth. But yeah, I, that's why I wanted to do Wrath my way as a singles competitor. So that I come up with that meltdown finisher um, and, and just a lot of things that I knew would work. Um, I always had a real... I felt I had a good pulse as far as knowing what would pop. And that was one, that was one of the things that I was right about. And what were there, what ideas did, did you pitch or did you want to see come to fruition with Wrath that we didn't quite see? I know Wrath versus Goldberg was something that was uh, very much uh, in, in circulation around that time. Uh, yes. I, I've worked Bill a lot of times uh, in Japan and the U S and, all over really great guy I love working with him um yeah it was just one of those things that um it, it didn't happen i think they were going to go with nash and have nash they would have nash to beat bill's undefeated streak so they had him beat my undefeated streak the month before to help build him up for bill 
so that's that's the direction it, it, it went. Um, I think we could have had a hell of a program, honestly, you know, as the, for the way it was going and building. What do you make of Bill still being in the in the circuit now? He was just uh, he was at SummerSlam last Sunday. Did yeah. you did you catch that? Did you get to catch yeah. up with him? I, I did. I did. Um, man, it's 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 you admire the fact that he can go and do it to keep himself in that condition. Um, but man, it's it's got to be it's, it's got to be tough on him. Um, I don't I don't know how much more he's got. Um, it's hard to say. He might have. He may have only signed a, a, a couple of event deal. I, I don't know the specifics. Uh, maybe he'll go go do Saudi or something like that. Hard to say. Um, but I think he's coming to the end of it real soon. Uh, but he's had a, a, an amazing career, and he's done, hell, just about everything, really. So. We've still got time for Wrath versus Goldberg, though. We've still got time. Hey, brother, I'm still hanging him back. There he is. There he is. Right. He's still ready. He's still I'm ready. ready. I don't um, miss workouts, man. <laughs> you still do them, though, right? You're still I, you, you're in, you're in amazing I'm shape. Brother. Yeah. Well, well, behind behind the guns of Brian yes. Clark uh, in the on the webcam that we're watching is uh, a selection of championships. I see the WCW tag team title behind you, one that you held very proudly with Brian Adams as part of Chronic. Yes. Um, with 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 that team, like. Was that something that you had pitched? Because this was coming off the back of doing stuff with Wrath, and it was something that had a uh, was a bit less in the fantastical and and more in the in, in sort of the, the the real. Was that something that was something that you'd pitched, or something that had been pitched to you? Um, the way it happened, um, Russo had came in. Vince Russo had came in to uh, as hired as a writer booker that that capacity. Uh, and Vince may have actually had control of a, a lot of stuff. I'm not quite sure his title, um, but I'd always had a good relationship with Vince back, Vince Russo back from my WWF time. Uh, and of course he had a good relationship with Brian, but at the time I was recovering from an ACL injury. So I tore, I blew my knee out. And I was out for probably six months till it healed up and Brian called me and he said, Hey, how, how you doing? Um, and he said, I was thinking about, you know, I've been in Japan off some, off TV for a while. And he asked me about tagging up. And I sort of shot it down the first time. I was, I don't know, maybe I'll just re come back as wrath and, you know, get myself healed back up and back and return as wrath. And he calls me the next week. <laughs> so, so after a couple of calls, I'm thinking, you know what, maybe this, maybe this might be the thing to do. And we did, and it was amazing. There was, we had so much in common that I really didn't realize, even though the years prior to working with him, how, how we became such good friends so quick, so fast, um, and our similarities, both 6'6", 290, both former military veterans, both uh, just Brian and Brian, there's so many things about us. I and mean, we went out there. I mean, we got over immediately. I mean, we blew the roof off the place. And we were just like that steamrolling, kick-ass tag team that nobody could stop. I mean, that's how it felt. Uh, and the fans showed us that reaction just instantly. Tell me a, a favorite road story of yours from you and Brian Adams at that oh, point. Oh, God. I know me? there's loads. I know there's going to be oh, loads. Oh. I'll just tell you, I, I, there's so many. I would, and I've said this before, and it's, it's Brian could have the entire locker room rolling, laughing. Okay. And, and Brian and I worked out together, traveled together, trained together, same hotel, you know, different rooms, but same hotel, eat, dinner, lunch, breakfast, whatever. And he would be on the road and he would start telling stories, start telling stories about people and shit are just about the business. And there will be times where I would say, Brian, I'm giving you two options. Either stop talking or pull the car over. So I can, I'm laughing so hard, I cannot breathe. I mean, tears are rolling down my face. <laughs> he, he was that funny, man. I'm just like, stop it. I, I can't breathe. That, that's, that's just an idea of how good he was. 
and his impressions, he could impersonate Vince, he can impersonate just about anybody. Great, great storyteller and just a, a wonderful person, wonderful human being. And um, man, I'm, I miss him every day. Absolutely. Yeah, we did. We lost Brian in two thousand seven. Um, can Can you remember, if you don't mind me asking, do you remember where you were when you found out? Absolutely. Yeah, uh, we had a lady that was handling some of our um, publicity, um, sort of like a fan club president, and um, I was here in Phoenix, and uh, she called me and told me. I I had talked to him probably a few days prior to, um, and then one of those things what did you hear i'm like hear what you know i and yeah she, she told me so yeah I, I what is it for those obviously we we've talked about 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 his humor um what would you like the legacy of of brian adams to be um a, a man that you would love to be around um that everybody there was never a bad word about him just just that good of a guy always even the hardest times of traveling on the road can make you laugh even if he wasn't trying to he, he you would still get a laugh at some of the things he would do um you just gravitated toward the guy because like like i said i was a lone wolf a little bit in wwf and even as as blood runs cold and then as wrath but when i tagged with him it was like i wanted to be with him you know what i mean he's that he was that kind of a guy you wanted to hang out with him because you knew you'd be in a good mood all day because you're laughing. So, yeah, I would say that. That's wonderful. Thank you. Um, before we get to your third and final match, I like to spring this on people because it's nice to get their immediate reaction. It's nothing bad, I promise. Um, I'd like to ask if you could, as well as taking three wrestling matches onto this metaphorical desert island, uh, if you could also take with you a movie, an album, and a luxury item. Uh, what would they be? So we'll start with a movie, Brian. If if you could only take a movie with you, one that means something to you, what would the movie be? Oh, that's tough, man. It, I got to have some comedy, I guess. I love a lot of the John Candy stuff back in the, the day. I'd probably go with some movie called As Good As It Gets with Jack Nicholson. Nice uh, shout I prob I'm guessing, I, you know, but there's an old one with Kevin Costner called Open Range, which is a Western. Are you a fan of a Western, Brian? Well, that particular one, yes. Um, it would probably be one of those two, just because they're just, and I love Jack Nicholson's work. It's a lovely film, as good as it gets. It's uh, it's quite life-affirming, life I think is the way to describe it. Yeah. So you know the movie, right? I know the film. Yeah, it's 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 a really. But you, if you, okay, one of those two. We'll 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 leave it at that. I won't make you choose one of those two. It's very cruel. Uh, how about an album, Brian? What 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 album would you take with you? That's that's tough too because I I listen to a, just a little, uh, not everything, but I listen to a lot of stuff. I listen to a little bit of the older stuff too, and I'll go ahead and say this album just for the fact that I just spoke with him about a two weeks ago and he sent me i sent him my original album and he signed it for me it's in my it's up here in my office he signed it for me and also threw in a couple of eight by tens to me so it would be lou graham four or four that's very showbiz how did you and lou get hooked up uh a friend um through media told me says hey i know lou he lives here in rochester new york um and, and and Lou knew about wrestling and knew who I was because I I messaged him first and sent him some messages and I sent him a couple photos and said hey man I'm a huge fan because I am I listen to the music all the time I also listen to Foz and Jericho you know I listen to a lot of stuff but that was the very first concert that I had ever went to as as a kid in high school so to actually acknowledge and sign my original album that's got to go with me yeah i like that and how about a luxury item what would you take as a something that hasn't hasn't got to have like a like a physical use it can have a sentimental value it can be maybe a piece of technology that you couldn't part with it could be anything like that 
could even take Skylar if you wanted for a luxury item. <laughs> What's that again? <laughs> he could take. Oh, do we Is have a visitor? Are you, giving, are you giving me the office? Come here. Oh, do we? Do we have a visitor? You said Skylar, right? I so certainly you, did. You're talking oh, about. Oh, and there you are. Hey, Hi, Skylar. She's taking a nap. Oh, does she, she sit with you in the office normally? Does she oh, of course. Yeah. Oh, she's beautiful. Yeah. It, uh, what's the story with Skylar? Can you remember how, how you came to, to have Skylar in your life? Absolutely. Okay. Um, Skylar's a dog for those listening on the podcast. This isn't just a random human being that Brian has yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forget this is audio. Something. Um, yeah, I didn't think about that. Um, we, you know, she's... Skylar is our second, our second Sheltie. We had another one prior to her and she passed away about probably about two and a half years ago. And it was devastating, you know what I mean? Because they're like family, you know? And we waited and we waited and then of course COVID hit. Um, and then uh, my wife Michelle said, you know, and I felt it too, it was about time. You know, I had to go through that grieving process for my first, first dog. And we looked around and looked around. We're like, we cannot find it. Had to be a, a, a Scottish Sheltie, which is what she is. She's not a, a big like Lassie. She's, you know, she's a, a, a Sheltie. And so we ended up going, actually, Michelle went to Dallas, Texas to get her. And we had to, she had to bring her back on the flight and everything. Um, and so we, we've had her for, for 15 months now. So we had her all through COVID. And uh, man, she's just been, she, She's such a loving dog. It is amazing how I should go and give you a bear hug. I mean, just it's crazy. Um, but she's been um, she's been great. Tell me something that Skylar's taught you about yourself. It's quite a deep question that, but I feel like pets have that power, you know, Brian. Yeah, I'm gonna have to probably say more patience. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's got to be it. Because I, you know, I, I had her as she was like eight weeks old. And, you know, here I am chasing her around this puppy. She's driving me crazy, you know, getting into everything. Uh, but she's gotten so much better. She has. She really has. Uh, it's just been a blessing, honestly. I'm, uh, you know, I don't know what I've done without her during COVID. It was rough. Dogs are amazing. Dogs are absolutely amazing. They really, really are. Um, as you say, like we are, we are coming out of um, out of COVID, and the world's opening back up again. And uh, and 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 feel free to to ignore this part. There was some stuff in the press last year about yourself, which has all been resolved now. But the reason I say that is, is there any trepidation for yourself? Was there any trepidation for yourself, sort of getting back out there because your schedule has just gone boom, and no pun intended, and, yeah. and you're and you're everywhere now. But but after all that, kind of got printed last year was there any trepidation on your part to get back out there uh, no it wasn't i i knew um that I, that everything was going to be dropped as far as, as that case i was very disappointed in the fact that it dragged on as long as it did through the covid process so that really was frustrating on my, my i felt like i couldn't do anything but i i knew what the outcome was going to be because i, I I know that I didn't do it. Uh, it was just frustrating to be, uh, just because you have friends that are in the wrong, just doesn't mean you're in the wrong. And um, and I knew that from the day, I said it from day one. Uh, and I appreciate those people that have, have, have stood by my side and I was totally vindicated. Just like, <laughs> that's the thing about uh, any kind of a charge or anything that's, you will hear, when it first happens, all oh, this may be going on, but you'll never hear. It's very rare. I mean, Yahoo News picked it up, and a few things showed that I was totally vindicated. And of course, you know, you only you never hear the second half of it. People don't care; they just want to hear about the mud. And uh, I'm, you know, it's all rearview mirror stuff. It's 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 over two years. I'm done. It's I'm onward and upward, brother. And 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 as we said, like your you, your schedule has just been been incredibly busy and uh, you're very much back out there again doing stuff and uh, is there anything like from from your your career you know from you know from from the very beginning to to where we are now all through the days of Adam Bomb and through Wrath and through Chronic is is there anything that you you wish you still had time to do in Ring that you didn't quite get a chance to do 
in ring. Man, I don't know. I, I feel like I've worked with, in my era, I've worked with 99% of the people. Um, I've had 30 or 40 casket matches. I've done pay-per-views. I, man, I've done everything. I, I guess the only thing I did not do was work with Hogan. He's the only one that I could, you know, being in the same company at the same time. Um, you know, when you're on that WWF schedule, you work. You end up working with everybody. I got to work with Savage. Uh, like I said, uh, Brett. Um, seems like everybody, it, almost at one point or another. Yeah. Is there anybody on the scene at the moment that 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 could tempt Adam Bomb uh, to, to to put the singlet on one more time, or maybe could 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 call Wrath back out? Is there anybody that that could well, do that? If it was 20 years ago, I would say Wrath versus Drew McIntyre. Nice. That's, that's what I would think. But I'm a huge supporter of Lance Archer also in AEW. So both of those guys, man, I I, I think they're fantastic. Really there's there's a, and, and you know what and, and drew is from this side of the water where we didn't really touch on it but i will just just dip back and ask you like you were you were on in our on our side of the pond briefly in the mid 90s between wwf and wcw doing stuff with hammerlock was there anybody from from then that you seem to remember you clicking with and you having a good time with It'd be rude not to ask about the british wrestling scene when when you're here because the wrestling scene then was a strange one because it was kind of yeah. really going through a through, through through a through a lot of changes and there wasn't the the depth that the British wrestling scene has now. Like you had stuff like Hammerlock, but there wasn't a lot else around at that point. There was a guy that I can't remember, and I feel bad because I can't remember his name right now. Uh, but he was really over there in the UK and then ended up working in I think TNA for a while and a few other companies. Could have been Doug Williams, maybe. <laughs> Doug Williams. Doug. It. It's always yeah. Doug. <laughs> yes. He was he was great, man. Even as a younger guy, and I me coming from WWF, yeah, WWF at the time and working in Hammerlock. Yeah, he was a real good guy. I, I always remember I really liked him a lot. Um, and he was talented and just a just a really good worker, man. I, I, I remember that about him definitely. Nice. Yeah. So let's yeah. get to your third and final match then. So uh, we've we've, we've right. had CM Punk and John Cena from Money in the Bank. We had Bret Hart versus Steve Austin from WrestleMania. Brian Clark, what is your third and final match for your Desert Island? Okay, now I don't know the exact year. I, I thought I had it written down. That's okay. We could do that. You'll, you. you'll know. Okay. We'll saw that. It was a ladder. It was a, a I want to say a TLC, but it had Edge and Christian, the Dudleys, and the Hardys. Oh. Yes. So that match, probably because they just, it's a change from the first two. And it's a little bit of, a little bit of hardcore, a little bit, you know. So I, I threw that one in there. But I'm, I'm a huge Stan Hansen fan. So I could go back and, you know, as being a, when we won the All Japan titles, that's who presented us the belts. And I was a huge fan of his way back when. Uh, so, yeah, I, I could go that match or I could go to something with Stan Hansen. Either or, both of those. Oh, um, go on. So, okay. So, I so I think the one you're talking about, sort of the, the hardcore aggressive one, that would be the the triple threat TLC from WrestleMania 17. I want to say possibly WrestleMania 17. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and that or or are you saying a and a Stan Hansen match? Well, a from the yeah. Lariat. Well, yeah. Stan was just. I mean, he he was just such a tough individual that. Being able to do that Japan schedule for that many years just a testament of how. When you think of Stan reeling back for one of those those beastly lariats in the in the middle of a of a of a, a, a loud applauding Japanese crowd, who is who is on the receiving end? When you think of something like that, if we can try and narrow down a Stan Hansen match, Brian. Uh those beefy lariats. Who's taking a big beefy lariat from Stan Hansen? Maybe Brody. Maybe Steve Williams. Oh. Uh, you know, I, I mean, Stan Hansen, Doctor Death, just yeah. seems like a, a, a yeah. an absolute war between those guys. Yes. Okay. Oklahoma, Oklahoma versus Texas. You know. Oh. Yeah. 
That's that yeah. I, that that feels very it feels very old Japan actually. That feels yeah. very old Japan. Yeah. Do you remember the first time you saw Stan Hansen? I reckon we'll put a Stan Hansen match in, Brian. Um, like it's right to put a Stan Hansen in. But do you remember the first yeah. time that you saw Stan? It had to be um, the late seventies, maybe early to mid eighties, that time frame. Um, and then I also remember him when he came through in WCW. Um, I was still just breaking in. I hadn't even really got started. But I remember he, he came in on a Howling Havoc, I think in 1990, uh, against Lex Luger. And he just beat the crap out of him. <laughs> and then when, then when the match was over, he spit chewing tobacco on it, all over him. Stan was something else, man. I mean, just a badass. Yeah. And he, as you say, uh, he he awarded you the tag team titles in Japan. Yes, um, he presented us. Yes, that did was you did you did you get I, to have a chat with him and, and converse oh, with him and talk talk about stuff? Did you pick his brains? Yes, yeah, we talked. And I was I was so honored. I've got a buddy of mine, uh, Jonathan O'Dwyer, who's in Limerick, Ireland. He does a lot of my promotional stuff, and he handles uh, like some of the gifts and stuff that I put up. And uh, he's got a few clips of where Stan is presenting us the belts uh, in Osaka, sold out. And um, just uh, to me, it didn't get any higher than that. I don't know uh, what would be with, with having your friend and your partner, your tag team partner, and then winning that, those straps, man, that was, and they're right back there. <laughs> uh, that was a very proud moment, uh, without a doubt. And and and, this, and chatting to you has been a very proud moment of mine as well, sir. Uh, awesome. As a big big fan of your work for for a very long time, uh, it is it, it means a lot that we finally got this together. And let's let's do the plugs, brother. Let's 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 okay. let's sell stuff. Let's sell stuff. You can buy oh, Adam Bomb bombs. They're a thing, and they're available. <laughs> they're right behind okay. us. Um, I guess we can start with my eBay store, which is uh, it's Adam Bomb dash chronic k-r-o-n-i-k adam bomb dash chronic ebay there i have um about i haven't decided to put up any ring worn gear yet i do have a pretty good bit of it i haven't parted with any of that but i do have the bombs goggles any eight by ten you would want including all my new 2021 designs including the 2021 tom fleming who now works for marvel comics so that is an eight by ten t-shirt poster my t-shirts are at prowrestlingtees.com. Also, Wrestle Merch Central in the UK and Europe. Uh, and I have a new action figure that was just released a few weeks ago at Cella Toys, the brand new Atom Bomb. And that will be followed up by Chronic and possibly two versions of Wrath. So, uh, and then of course, appearances from here until the end of the year as of now. So uh, this is going out on Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, which is the, I think the 1st of September. So any plans for the weekend, Brian? Are you going to be anywhere this weekend or maybe when's the next one going to be? Um, I would look at my schedule. I have, um, I have Hartford, Connecticut, Albany, New York, Boston, uh, Huntington Beach, California, and then also Phoenix, Arizona, which is where I live. Uh, so those are just the first five that I, that I know for sure. Um, if, if anyone follows me, I'm at uh, Real Brian Clark on Twitter, and I always post my events of where I'm going, uh, and the same thing on Facebook. Uh, so I, I, I'm pretty active on there. I let everybody know where I'm at, and what's going on with me. And of course, Skylar <laughs> is getting over. She's international. She's done Australia, UK, Puerto Rico. You know, <laughs> so yeah, it's it's bad. It, um, I'm retired, but it doesn't feel like it. Uh, we, uh, we, we just we got another property that we just purchased uh, and, and we actually going to sell this property. So we're doing the whole uh, real estate. That's keeping me really busy. Um, getting, uh, prepping one place and buying another and selling another. It just, you know, it, it's a full-time job. Yeah, it's that, but that's, that's great that you're still in a position where you're, you're so busy and you seem incredibly fulfilled by everything as well. I and really that's am. a blessing. That's a blessing. Yeah, it is. I, I'm thankful every day. I, enjoy, I, um, 
I really like enjoy I enter the interaction with the fans. Ninety nine percent of the fans are just great. I mean, they really are. There's always going to be one who you just gonna have to delete. So you know what? A little bit too much yap yap or whatever the case may be. There's always one, and that's that's just the way it is. But that that doesn't take away from the ninety nine percent that are that are great. Uh, and so I, I I enjoy the interaction. It's it's fun. It's uh, I love to do the meet and greets and the signings. It's, it, like I said, it's uh, it's good stuff. At real Brian Clark on Twitter. If nothing else, you get plenty of pictures of Skylar on there as well. Oh yeah, yeah, you're gonna get a lot of that. <laughs> Brian would also love it if you took time to check out Jonathan Dwyer and Pro Wrestling Defined. You can do that on Twitter at pro defined my thanks to brian clark for joining me today on cultaholic island for more than a hundred conversations like this one search desert island graps on hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Spotify. Stay safe. Love you, bye. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from.